You should celebrate yourself every day, but some days you should celebrate with jewelry. Whether you want to commemorate an unforgettable moment or just bring some added sparkle to your collection, Blue Nile can offer you expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com today and experience the ease and convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day. Stay at Whole Foods Market. Ben Rugby podcast brought to you by the AI channel. Tonight we've been we've been absent for a couple of weeks, unfortunately due to technical difficulties. But we're back. Uh, we're going to take a look at back at the semi-finals that took place at the weekend, and I look forward to the World Cup final um, on Saturday. Uh, joining me on the panel tonight, uh, a couple of pod regulars. First of all, the the, the I'm sure the non-smug uh, Andrew McGough. How are you, Andrew? Yeah, sorry, uh, Dave. Not not smug at all, mate. Uh, just uh, relieved, I think, is the is the best word for it. But uh, yeah, slight, slightly disappointed that um, a certain South African guest isn't on the pod tonight. <laughs> no, Brent, unfortunately, has a whale business, and uh, I think his head's down anyway. I don't think he's going to come on. And also <laughs> joining me on the pod tonight, was, 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 like myself, dumped in the quarterfinals, Welshman George Berman. Hi, how are you, George? It's been a, been a while since we chatted. How's things? I know, yeah, I've just sort of crawled away into a hole since the quarterfinals, I think. No, I'm all right. I've, uh, I think I, I've come to terms with it all now. So, um, no, okay. looking, forward to, looking forward to this weekend. I think it's going to be, I think it's going to be fantastic. No, indeed, it, it's, it, it is something to look forward to. You know, there's no two ways about it. We've got the best two teams. Well, naturally, the best two teams in tournaments so far. So, may the best team win. Um, I'll, I'll come to you uh, first, George, on it. Um, you know, the All Blacks are pretty impressive at the minute, although the box give them a bit of a game. Uh, I was actually impressed with the box. Um, what, what, what did you make of that, Sammy? Um, I, I didn't think the All Blacks played particularly well, to be honest. I'd be interested to hear what Andrew has to say about it. Um, I thought that discipline was was shocking. Um, and some of their decision-making, you know, they kicked... The All Blacks kick a lot of ball away. Um, Way too much. Um, it, yeah. it's a misconception. Say so people say, you know, they don't kick a lot of ball. They they pressurise teams by putting them up, by kicking the ball away a lot. But in the when they got in the twenty two, they kind of seemed to go through a few phases. And I thought they just they kicked it away way too soon. I think they needed to try and go through more phases and wear them down a bit. Um, so that was a little disappointing. Um, and and as I mentioned, just that discipline to to you know give give the box cheap points. And obviously, Pollard was kicking really well. So. Um, I think uh, the scary thing for Australia is that I think New Zealand will play a lot better this weekend, um, and you know they just they just grind out results. They don't tend to lose those games where it's close. They just they just know how to get it done. Um, so I thought they were really impressive. I I felt for the South Africans, but I think you know since the loss to the Japanese, they have gone back into their shells slightly and they play pretty negative one out rugby from the ruck, um, which is a shame because they've got players outside to really play a bit wider. Um, so I think you know maybe the fact that they were so conservative probably uh, they just didn't have quite enough to hurt the All Blacks with the ball in hand. No, it was almost like uh, the box were just trying to stifle them at every at every chance that they got, and, and, and as you say, really not play rugby just to, to, to you know to keep the, the, the All Blacks in check. Uh, for, for you, Andrew, uh, 
How, how are you feeling about it all? You know, we saw the magnificent performance in in the uh, in the quarterfinal, like untouchable, really. And 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 as George said, I, I was still impressed with you. To be fair, against the box, you got the job done. Uh, you, you know, the box were trying to spoil an awful lot for you, but again, you got the job done. You you, you went through the pack. You used your pack to the best advantage. I, I thought you played well. What's your thoughts? Yeah, I, it's a strange one, and you know. I, just want to make it clear that there's nothing I'm saying here is meant to come across as um, as an arrogance, which I know that some some Kiwi fans can have. But I I don't think there was much time in the game where I was really nervous that we wouldn't wouldn't win it. I it, it almost appeared like other than the first few minutes when the box were um, passing it through the hands, it almost appeared to me like they'd parked the bus a little bit and and were just relying on getting into a half and getting these penalties and. You know, Hanson, uh, Steve Hanson, I think he's uh, he's brilliant uh, in front of the media, and very, very rarely does he make any comments um, about uh, the officials. But yeah, he was certainly frustrated by the amount of penalties that we gave away uh, first, and that and that's uh, an All Blacks issue. Um, but uh, also how the the box didn't appear to be getting pinged for the same sort of infringements. But uh, I, you know, I think I think we ground out the game well. Um, I think I think we did what we needed to do. Uh, Dan Carter's really starting to come into his own, um, but I, I do think, particularly uh, you know, what, what George mentioned about this kicking, that it's it was just the the times that we were kicking was just really appeared to be brainless, and it was it had to have been a tactic, uh, particularly you know when you're coming down in the 22, you you, know, you you got an opportunity like you know Aaron Smith did a couple of box kicks down in the 22, we did an up and under just outside the 22 at one point. Um, and uh, you know you can understand it if you're sort of just on halfway and you're doing kicks into the corners to move that box four pack around. But um, yeah, it, it, it was frustrating, and I think the the one standout for me was, um, and and this is not a criticism of, of Kieran, of um, sorry, Sonny Bill Williams because I thought he was great when he came on, but just the, the an opportunity when we we're on the 22 and he had Kieran Reid outside him, uh, and we had um, Ben Smith outside of Kieran Reid. And if Sonny Bill Williams had done what he normally did uh, and given a little pass to, to Reed, Reed would have been in with one man to beat, uh, 20 metres out. Instead, he put in a little grubber kick, which Brian Habana had uh, no problems um, sheltering over the, the dead ball line. So I think, yeah, just this, this what appeared to be what appeared to be brainless kicking. Um, but all in all, you know, happy with the result. Um, I was, uh, you know, you're always relieved when you when you get to the final whistle. Um, and uh, but yeah, I, I thought we we did just enough to to get through it and, and no more. No, I hear you on that. Um, you know, as as both of you have rightly said, there was a lot of uncharacteristic. Well, there were characteristic in the group uh, or the pool stages for, for the All Blacks. We'd, we'd seen those handling errors. There weren't as many, obviously, but they were creeping in. Uh, I, I I just sort of felt a bit sorry for the box. I thought they put up a, a good performance. I actually met a guy in town here on Saturday night. South African guy, he he was gutted. He really thought that they should have beaten you, uh, that that you you know they could have gone on and won that game. I, I don't know. I think from about sort of halfway through the second half, for my money, um, you know the All Blacks just you just knew they weren't getting beaten, even though the, the scores were close and and they kept coming back and they kept coming. You just knew that the All Blacks were going to close it out, and and I think that you're just that that cut above it, and maybe what George has said as well. Since since the loss of Japan, it's only put put the box into their shell a little bit. Um, so obviously you're you're playing the Australians in the final, um, and I, I know you're not, they're not your favourite people <laughs> or your favourite yeah. team, Andrew. Um, you know we've seen sort of the two games that we, that have gone on for for Australia since since we've been on on the air here. You know it was a very sort of questionable performance really against the Scots who were like superhumans. And, and and then you know they they sort of countered in against the the Argentinians. Uh, what are you expecting for the weekend? And, and what what did, what did you make of those two performances? And, and and what do you think is going to be there going forward? Well, I think um, I think you know both both teams know each other quite well. Um, Chick is going to talk down the Aussies um, as you'd expect, and you know it's interesting that this um, edict's come out from um, Australian rugby not to refer to. The All Blacks as the All Blacks, but to call them New Zealand. Um, that's the you know the, the slight mind games. But if you're having to check yourself each time and call them New Zealand, maybe you've already mentally lost. But um, I, you know I think it's going to be um, it's going to be a tight one, like what we you know we thought the well, what I expected the box game to be. Um, 
you know, they're, they're, they're probably not going to be too much in it. I guess that the thing will be interesting for me is uh, is whether the Aussies have the gas. Um, you know, we, we've talked on this pod, but you had a fair bit of discussion discussion around whether the Aussies peaked too soon in this tournament by playing, you know, um, good rugby right throughout the tournament, and and it's not often that a team can can hold that high or maintain that level throughout. Um, you know. And and whilst you know they'll, they'll probably be strong at the breakdown, it's just whether they can can last. And I thought uh, you know they they were very lucky to get past the Scots, and you know maybe that was Scotland's final, and they you know they they couldn't quite do it. And I guess good teams hold on to the 80 minutes, but I thought they looked really leggy against the Argentinians. And you know apart from an intercept try, kind of you know put the score out maybe and made it look a little bit flattering um, that that early intercept. But uh, yeah, I don't know. I um, my slight concern is the last time we put 40 points on the Aussie side in a World Cup year, they beat us with a, a Sterling Mortlock intercept. So I've always got that in the back of my mind. And, and uh, you wonder whether Checker was just, um, you know, not not wanting to show his cards in that game by uh, playing, uh, not having Hooper and and Pocock starting. Um, just interesting touch in the you know, looking at the the media at the moment. New Zealand media is is. Uh, Talking a lot about the the battle of the sevens and how great Pocock is as a player and how it'll be a real test of New Zealand's measure coming up against him. Whereas you've got the Aussie mil, uh, media calling McCaw a cheat and a, a grub and all that sort of stuff. So it's funny how it's looked at um, both sides of the Tasman. No, and, and you know, as I say, you guys, it's a World Cup final, but you know, you play against each other regularly. They know each other very, very well. George, from from your point of view, um, you know, as I say, Wales played the Aussies in the pool stage. What, did, what have you made of the Aussies in the knockout phase? Um, you know, they, Scotland ran them extremely close. I thought Scotland were brilliant that day. Felt really sorry for them. Uh, and, and, you know, to be honest, the Aussies really, really bossed the Argentinians. So, you know, we had talked in this pod uh, during, the, during your absence on it about, you know, as Andrew said, maybe the Aussies had burnt out too soon, had peaked too soon. But they seem to be going okay still. What have, what have you made of them? No, I, I think, you know, it's a fair point about burning out. I, I don't think you're going to go into every 80 minutes or even you know, necessarily most of them and um, and play to a really, really high level because it's just not how it works. Um, you're just never going to execute, um, to, 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 you know, that, that well every game. Um, so from their perspective, I think they've, you know, completely got out of jail with their banana skin in the quarterfinal where... You know, that was always going to be a really tough game because Scotland are playing really good rugby at the moment, um, and no one expected no one expected anything of them in that quarter final. Um, and you know, it was, it, for the Australians, it was unthinkable they were going to go out. So that, that's a horrible in terms of your mindset in the week before. That's not a nice nice game to have to go into. Um, and I think again, you know, it also shows the fact that uh, David Pocock is. You know, debatably the best rugby player on the planet at the moment. Um, Amen to that. Yeah, I I think you know, and the interesting thing is, you know, we spoke on the on the preview pod, which must have been you know about six weeks ago now, about the fact that Checker has come in and done, you know, he has done undeniably a fantastic job. The culture he's created is brilliant. He's very down to earth, sort of straight up bloke. and he has great coaching credentials from his time in Europe and, and, and everything. So, look, he, he's clearly had a massive impact. Something that a lot of people have slightly chosen to ignore in that narrative is the fact that David Pocock had a knee reconstruction and hadn't played for Australia for you know the best part of a year and a half until quite recently. So, yes, Checker has come in and had a fantastic impact on an Australian side that was looking um, pretty devoid of any direction before that. But... Um, They've also had this guy, Pocock, who's come back in, who is, you know, as I've said, is going to massively improve any side. So I think on top of the impact Czech has had, having Pocock come back in is huge. And I think that was demonstrated pretty well in the game against Scotland. They really, really missed him. He's just, I mean, I think we said before the tournament, he's a bit of a physical freak. I think he's 14, 14 turnovers in the tournament so far. I mean, that is just... He, he doesn't um, miss much on the floor, really, does he? Everything that goes oh, on the floor is fair game to him. He's just awesome. <laughs> he's, he seems to choose so well, which, and you know, obviously that's the whole art of it, is choosing which breakdowns to compete at and which to leave. And he just, he basically just has that completely down to a T. Um, I think one of the key for us, just to, to butt in there, George, I think one of the key things for the All Blacks is to do, I think it was 2011 when we played them in the World Cup, and 
um, just to run at Pocock. Um, and I think we did that quite well because if you're running at him and he's making that tackle and you've got guys there, it's a bit harder for him to, yeah. to get up and then get that ball. Look, um, I, don't know, I, don't know, I don't know how fit he is either. I think he's been he's been nursing this injury and he got really bashed up again. I think he saw his yeah. face after the game on Sunday. He looked like he'd probably been in the wards. So I, it sounds really cynical, but that, that's got to be the first thing you think you're doing is, you know, if he's lying down in the side of a rock, I know it's difficult now with all the TMO, but they'll want to rough him up a little bit um, because he's key to, to what Australia do. Um, I think the problem now in terms of 2011 is that you have Michael Hooper there as well, who is not as good a player as David Pocock, but is also an outstanding player. And so it's just, you know, you kind of try to deal with one and then you're still you're leaving the other one. Um, so it's a hell of a task for, for McCaw, who is you know, one of the greatest rugby players of all time, but is not at the peak of his powers um, to to deal with both of them. And I think he struggled to deal with Francois Lowe at the weekend. So it will be interesting yeah, to see how that goes. Oh, he's just... And, you know, he, Lowe hasn't quite been there um, recently in terms of his form, but I don't quite know what happened in the semi-final. He was just everywhere. I think you look, you look at the depth that the, the, the All Blacks have, and they have Sam Kane come off the bench, and Liam Messon's not even in the 23. So... You know, they're pretty well stocked, and I think Jerome Kano will have a better game this weekend than he had last weekend as well. And see, I thought Gothel kind of played quite well on the weekend on that blind side. He started to show shades of, of you know, his 2011 form. Um, Reed started off brightly, and, and, you know, he won the ball on the deck early, but again, you know, I'm just, he's, He's yet to kind of hit those heights of his last couple of years. and He's not, he's not just, quite there, is he? He gave away no, a really dumb... Yeah, I think I mentioned on the preview pod about, you know, my concerns with this concussion that he got in the Super 15 and the head knocks he's had. And, uh, yeah, I just have a feeling that um, that's playing on his mind and he's, he's holding back. Um, fingers crossed he sorts it out for the final. Uh, be almost tempted to, uh, to put uh, someone like Vic DeVito there. But for such a big occasion, I just can't see them leaving Reid out. Uh, you can't. I mean, Vito, Vito's playing great rugby at the moment. But I think Kieran Reid at the weekend, he just gave, he came right in the side of a mall and just gave a pat. And it was so blatant. Yeah. And it's just like, that was the last thing that you would associate with him as a rugby player. It was just dumb. It was just cheap points. I, was thinking, I just couldn't really understand what he was doing. So I, I, I don't know if, as you say, there's a bit of a there's a bit of an issue in terms of concussion, which is obviously massive and we've seen I think I don't know if you've seen Dave but um, I did sort of it's sort of a neck injury I had Felix Jones the monster fullback just had to retire at 28 so all of all of these injuries are something which are having more and more of an impact in the game now which is a real shame but um, no I, I hope he has a massive this was, game this, 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 this World Cup as well George you know this World Cup has seen a lot of really sort of nasty injuries um, you know, through the pull stage, through the knockout phase, it's con- it's consistent. Like Wales, no, no, I don't think there's any country worse than Wales on on the injury list. But it's you know this tournament and and these games coming at you every four days, every week. Um, you know the intensity of a test match intensity. It really is taking its toll on a lot of players. I think. And and when you get to the you know you we're at the real sharp end of it now. It's you know it's where you see the measured as athletes. I think um, uh, it's the real measure of an athlete. If you've made it through to the final and you and, and you've got another eighty minutes in front of you, it must be hell putting your body in. As you said, you know the Australians came off the pitch beating the hell the other night. Uh, looked like they'd been in the wars and they had to pick themselves up, get themselves back, and get themselves up for the for the All Blacks the next week. It's a hell of a physical test. Mm. I just wonder as well um, how much of a a motivating factor, um, the fact that six of these, uh, I think it's six of these All Blacks, are going to be playing their last test. Um, I was, go- I was going to actually bring that up, uh, Andrew saw was um, um, a very good, very good point. Yeah, and I, I kind of think, you know, you look at uh, you know, Woodcock, Mialamu, who's now is more of a, uh, Woodcock's out of the World Cup anyway, Mialamu, has come comes on off the bench. McCaw, Carter, Nonu, and Smith. I mean, these are guys who have been around a hell of a long time. Um, and uh, you know, McCaw is not the sort of person who likes any fanfare. He's not interested in coming out and talking about it being his last test. And I'm sure he'll get a few a few questions in the build-up to this game, and he'll just deflect them and and not uh, you know not not want to discuss it. But um, you know, you want to. These guys will want to send uh, the these legends of, uh, of the All Black game out on a high, no doubt, and 
you know, when you need that kind of five percent and, and you know, you need to dig deep, I, I think that that's going to be part of that motivating factor. No, I hear you on that, and and you know what what George was talking about there um, about McCall having his hands full. I think on his last performance ever, you'll get a performance from him. I really do expect big things from him, him, him and Carter, especially. You know, I think they'll really want to go out on a high. Um, you know, given the careers, my God, they're sensational rugby players, like sensational rugby players. It, it, it's a fitting end of the career of, of, of those guys. Very, very fitting. We talk about the, um, there's this awful Americanism about the, the GOAT, you know, the greatest of all time players. Um, and, you know, you, you've got to look at, you know, Woodcock, McCaw, Carter, Nonu, potentially Smith. I mean, these guys have got to be up there in terms of all Blacks history as, um, as you know, the greatest guys to wear their shirt in their position. Um, and, uh, yeah, it's going to be, it'll leave a void, but as you say, as, as George already mentioned as well, you know, there's a lot of depth there. And, and um, but, you know, I think, I think for me, you know, you always want to, you know, you want to win the World Cup final, of course you do. Um, but I'd love to see these, see those guys go out on the high. Wait, sorry, what I was going to say, when you talk about the depth, I was thinking about this the other day and it's really terrifying. You look at who's going to come in for, Carter, Smith and Nonu and or amongst others you've got Sam Kane as seven who's been so so carefully groomed to take over from McCaw and just eased into the setup. you've got uh, Cruden at 10 to come back who is I, I don't know what you think about this Andrew but I think probably slightly sacrilege to say this debatably would be playing on form ahead of Carter at 10 for New Zealand at the moment I would be on form yeah, yeah. And, then you, and then you've got Sonny Bill I think he's, he might play sevens for for sort of um, eight to ten months, and then he'll be available after that. And Malachi Fekitoa to play in the centres. So I mean, Jesus, you know, it doesn't it doesn't stop. Um, so I, it's just 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 stunning the depth they have coming through. Um, and these are guys who have been involved in the setup as well for a while. They're not fresh to it, so I don't think there's going to be any let up, whatever the result is on Saturday for the, the sort of the All Blacks dynasty. Yeah, I can't, I can't disagree with that. Um, yeah, I think we've talked previously on these pods about uh, you know how how big the bench is as a um, as a role in the game, and and I, I think the All Blacks are one of those sides where more than more often than not, anyone who comes off the bench, you don't see a huge drop off in performance in the team. Um, I think you know still a few question marks around the uh, the propping um, stocks, but. Uh, you know, we've had a few guys been able to get some some big minutes and some crucial games. Uh, Moody coming off the plane and stepping straight into the, uh, you know, the the French game, then then into the, against the box. And you know, I think uh, games like that and the pressure cooker can only do wonders. No, and uh, you know, it is it's an embarrassment of riches. And, and as you've rightly said, we've said it many times in this pod. You know, what's compound Sonny Bill Williams for me is up, is up there with Pocock. I, I couldn't separate those two as player of the tournament for me. You know, two completely different skill sets, but but they're the two that have stood out. You know, the whole would tournament. You start, and, and, would you start Sonny Bill this weekend? He's had a big impact. Uh, I, I, I think the impact off the bench at the minute is what they've gone for, and I think that's what Hanson's gone for, 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 for the whole tournament. I can't see him changing it. Um, you know, who who you replace Nanu? Yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, I, I think that's what they've got uh, to do, but I think Nanu has been... Unbelievable! No. This last twelve months. Yeah, um, and, and it's his last game also. I, hurricanes I, yeah. You know, really, could, could you see? You know, obviously, this has been the tactic all along to introduce uh, Sonny Bill at a later stage, and and with devastating effect. Um, so I, I can only see him continuing on with that unless he pulls a surprise out. Um, but there again, Andrew, what, what would your thoughts be on that? Do you, do you think he, he may surprise him by starting Sonny Bill or not? No, I, I don't think so. I think you've got that. Um, you know, the experience that, that uh, Nono and, and uh, Smith are, are bringing to that midfield, particularly when you've got young guys outside like uh, Muna Scudder and, and Sevilla. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I just think the back line just ticks perfectly. And you know, I think against the box, you know, you, you, you didn't see the midfield. Um, and, uh, you know, Nono for the last 12 months has been sublime. Um, I, I think as a, as, he's just been a wrecking ball. Um, Smith, I think he's one of those guys you, you need that uh, really smart rugby player in that position knows when to hold the ball, knows when to straighten it up, knows when to give the pass and I think if you bring um, Sonny Bill on after 60 minutes when the league's getting a bit tired and 
just that ability to offload and, and to get that work rate. And you, you know, people kind of forget that he, he's a forward in rugby league, so he's not scared to take the ball forward. And, and you saw it against the box a few times where he hit the ball up and, and held onto it and, and presented it nicely. So he's the perfect guy that you want to bring on after sort of 60 minutes when the league is starting to tie. No, I hear you on that. Listen, I'm going to move along to the final itself. George, what do you think we're going to see? What kind of a battle, you know, given the fact that these are two teams that know each other like the back of their hands, what, 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 do, you, what do you see uh, happening? Do you think it's going to be a, a classic Southern Hemisphere encounter, or do you think that it's going to be a lot tighter than that? I think I, I, I think uh, I think they'll kick a lot. I think the All Blacks will kick a lot and look to uh, look to put the Wallabies under pressure with their kick chase. Especially, I think anywhere in their own half, they're going to kick a lot of ball away, um, which is which is sensible, really. Um, and I think you know, for the Wallabies, it's just all going to be about can they really get on top of them on the deck? Because um, if they can starve them of the ball, then you know, and then make sure they go through phases themselves, and they're very, very difficult to defend against. Um, so, I think, uh, it's just, you know, trying to call these games is just, uh, it's just too, too tricky. Um, but I, I think, you know, it'll be interesting to see how the Australian scrum goes. They've got Scott Seo, I think, is going to be fit, which is really important for them. Um, so if they can get quite front foot, that'll hurt. Uh, that will help Bernard Foley because. You know, like any fly half, but Foley especially, I think he struggles when he's not when he's not on the front foot. You can kind of really get at him, um, and he struggles to get his rhythm. So the, the other thing, which you know, we spoke about in the preview months ago, is the fact that Foley's actually not kicked that badly in the World Cup, but he's not he's not a good goal kicker. He's a sixty five percent goal kicker. So we saw last week how that really kind of hurt the Wallabies a bit in terms of trying to build their lead. Um, and Dan Carter's not going to miss anything this weekend. So, you know, tight games, World Cup final, Foley's not a natural kicker. He tends to just kind of stab the ball over. So, you know, if he's tightening up and missing points, missing conversions, missing penalties, that could be that could be massive, um, given how fine the margins are going to be. So I think that's a huge plus for New Zealand. Um, and, you know, that could, that could potentially really hurt the Wallabies. No, indeed. Andrew, a response from, from the New Zealand side. What, what, what are you expecting from, from the All Blacks this weekend? I think it's going to be, um, I think George hit the nail on the head there. I think you know, the, the best thing the All Blacks can do is just to, to keep the ball in the, in the Aussies' half. Um, just to, to you know, keep, keep the pressure on them. Um, I, I, one thing I was shocked by last week was how many times we won the ball against the opposition throw um, in, in the lineup. You know, that just doesn't happen against the box. And if we can start doing that against the Aussies and start put it, keeping them under pressure, I, just, I think the points will come. It's going to be a tight match. I think you know Scott Seo is going to be the you know, the key. If he if he if he is fit, then that's going to as as um, George said, it's going to he's the cornerstone of that Aussie scrum and, and um, you know, lays that platform one. Well. I think if he's not starting, then you know it's going to be a completely different ball game. Um, so uh, yeah, I don't know. I think I think it's going to be a pretty pretty cagey first half in particular. Um, I have a feeling that if the All Blacks can, can score, you know, score a try early just to settle them, I think that's really what we're going to need, like it was against the box. So, you know, I kind of expected that we would have run in a couple and kind of went over them. Um, but I think it just we need that early score just to settle the nerves, um, just to to kind of take that weight off a bit that it is the final. And, um, yeah, I think I, I am I am quietly confident in this one. I, I I kind of have a feeling it might be um, sort of sort of a ten pointer, twenty five fifteen or something in the like. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I I think it's going to be a good match. I, it's meant to be a dry a dry day. I hear I'm talking in on the weekend, so you know there's a chance for some running rugby. Uh, but I you know you can't help but feel there's going to be a uh, a major blunder by by someone that um, that could could turn this game. No, I hear you. Uh, where, where do you see? You know, you, you're you're very familiar with these with, with these games. What do you see as the key areas on the field? What are the key battles? Yeah, you know, we talk about the breakdown in, in these games, and I, you know, I, I think in that the game that we lost to Aussie um, earlier in the year in the in the Four Nations, you know, the, the breakdown was a was a key area. But um, you have to remember that when we beat them by forty points, uh, you know, Pocock did come on and play with Hooper. Um, for sort of 50, 60 minutes of that match, 
Um, I think it's just this front football, um, and you know it's not just around the breakdown, uh, but it also is, um, you know, it, it's it's uh, you know laying the platform on the scrum, getting some go to. If there's a few missed tackles like what the box made, they started slipping off tackles and, and giving the All Blacks that that go forward ball. And I think that's why I was a bit more confident on the weekend because you could just see them slipping off the tackles. Um, yeah, it's a tough one. We do play these Aussies so so often, and you kind of do get a bit, um, I guess, confident going into it because we don't lose to them a lot. And it, it sounds awful, but you know, in the, I know the World Cup's a one-off game, and anything can happen. And it, and and it does often take a, you know, a moment of brilliance or a, a moment of folly to to change the game. Um, I just think, you know, someone like Nehi Milnaskada or, you know, Ben Smith, the way that he's chasing the kickball and, and returning these bombs is, uh, yeah, it, it could be a, a, a guy like that or a, um, a Julian Savier having his, although he hates to be compared to him, a John Olomu moment like he did against the French and that's going to pick people up massively. And, uh, yeah, I think I think the 9 and 10 battle will be a big one as well. If Carter's on song, like he's been building up this World Cup, if he gets that back line running, then I think... Um, yeah, it could be. It could be. Watch out. Yeah, I can't disagree with any of that, George. For you, do, do you have you anything more to add about other areas that you, you see as being key battles or things that maybe are going to interest you in the game watching it? I think um, I, I think the Aussies will turn over a lot of ball at the breakdown. I think New Zealand struggled there against South Africa, who are have always been very competitive at the breakdown, but are not going to be as quick as the Australians will be there. Um, so I think, you know, it, it, it's no disrespect to Richie McCall would say that, you know, he's not um, quite as dynamic as he once was. I think he looked a little slow getting there. Just it, really fine margins, just split seconds getting to the ruck in time to clear people out. Um, so I do think they'll get a joy there. And I think uh, with that in mind, I think they'll get the chance to go through phases and, and you know, in, in New Zealand's half. Um, so New Zealand will need to defend really well when they're under the cosh, which isn't easy to do because... The Wallabies, especially with their front foot, um, their offensive patterns are very, very good and the way they hold their depths and stretch teams. Um, I, I think, as uh, as Andrew's mentioned, though, I think the All Blacks halfbacks, are, you know, they can manage this game a lot better than, um, than the Australian ones do. I think I'm still waiting for Aaron Smith to sort of um, come to life. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase in this tournament he's just you know the best the best scrum half in the world by an absolute country mile um so i think a big game for aaron smith um and look it's it's, it's dan carter's last game uh and in the in the quarterfinal against france it was i haven't seen him play like that since and you know since it's the lions the that's I, you, you literally took the words out of my mouth i was having i was having flashbacks it was horrible like just, you know, the way he was taking the ball to the line and offloading and going past people, that was really reminiscent to the Lions in 2005 where he just, um, he basically made it look like many against boys on the pitch. So, 
you know, I think it's going to be, it's, it's really sad that it's his last game. I think you can expect a huge game from him. So maybe a little bit more maturity from the All Blacks. Will Genia just can't seem to quite get back to anywhere near where he was before. And, you know, Foley is, he never, never played in a game anywhere near this magnitude before and had a little bit of reputation at the end of last season for sort of bottling the, uh, the playoff games for the Waratahs. So, I think, uh, as I've mentioned with his goal kicking as well, I think his temperament would be a little bit of a concern. It's it's just so hard to call. Um, and then you know, as, as we've spoken about, the the, uh, the All Blacks back three are just so impressive. Ben Smith's probably the best fullback in the world, and that you know the, the balance you get between Milner, Scudder, and Surveyor is just uh, is just stunning. I think uh, you know what they both offer. Special, <laughs> very oh, special. <laughs> But, you know, and, and Surveyor has great light of hand as well, and we've not necessarily seen that so much in this tournament. It's been a lot more about the brute force, but he's got really good hands. So um, so look out for that this weekend as well. I think um, he's still got that to show. George, look, I know you um, I know you, yeah, you did the preview pod on Australia, and I know you watch a lot of their footy. But I just, I'm intrigued to know what you think about Falau and, and this injury that he's covering, he's uh, carrying, I should say. I mean, for me, you know, the, one of the features of the All Blacks play in the last few games has been putting up the Gary Owen and, and Ben Smith coming through and collecting it. And, you know, Falau's known for his ability to, to jump high and catch the ball, but he just doesn't seem to have that in the last the last few games. How, how do you think that's going to affect the game? Oh, mate, look, I mean, I don't... It, it's been very weird, the whole thing with how they've managed Falau, because you've been having this sort of... He's not really trained all week. And then you see the Australian journalists tweeting out from the warm-ups, you know, Falau's kind of half going through the warm-up. And they, they played him against Wales in a game that, you know, obviously it's been massively beneficial for them to win in terms of which side of the draw they win it into. But they didn't need to play him. Um, and he just didn't even look close to fit. You know, he wasn't... You know, Wales had lost really, um, you know, in the form of Lee Halfpenny and these guys. A lot of their players who are best in the air um, but Falau wasn't wasn't even getting close to anything when they were putting the balls up, and that was a big part of how Wales were able to put the Wallabies under so much pressure that day and get a lot of territory. So I, I would play Curtly Beal. Um, they won't. They'll pick Falau. But um, I think Curtly Beal is, you know, very well reported. He's had a lot of problems, you know, off the pitch in the last few years, but he just looks like he's playing a different game to most people, and I've seen him in this tournament. You know, he's so talented um, and the impact he's been having for them. He's a much better distributor than Falau as well. Um, so so for me, Falau just doesn't look quite there. I don't you know if his ankle's just not right and it's an injury that he just needs a month or six weeks to rest properly before he's going to have full confidence in it. But he, he still looks tentative to me. Um, so, so I would pick Beal at 15. I don't think they really lose anything. Um, but I, I don't think they will. I think they'll play Falau and I'm sure the All Blacks will look to put the ball up um, and, and challenge him, as you said. It's so funny because it's just, you know, traditionally such a such an area of strength for him coming from coming from the background that he does um, when, with Aussie rules and, and then around stuff. But um, no, I think uh, I think they could really look to pressurise them there. Um, I think yeah, undoubtedly, that's something Hanson and Smith are going to have looked at. No, and that, and that's, that could be actually a very good call. It's actually a good spot. That I've been, I haven't really seen so much of this kid fellow. And you know something, I I I still don't think I've seen him because you know the way that you built him up uh, in the preview pods, George. I was really looking forward to seeing him. Um, you know, Salvia ha- has lived up to the billing, uh, but but this fellow hasn't. Um, and, and is it? Do you just feel it is he is carrying the injuries and that's what's held him back? It's got to be, yeah. yeah I mean, no, for I mean, Miami, mean, same as Pop and hitting the line, George. And you know, you, I mean, you you talked about it, hitting the line, and you know, unparalleled in the air. He'd be the best in the world in the air um, with that that regather, and um, you know, the, the burst of pace. And you know, he is an exceptional talent, but he's just been a shadow in this tournament. Yeah, no, I, I completely agree. It's you know, I've got no. No regrets about bigging him up. He is a stunning, stunning rugby player. He's an incredible athlete. Um, his outside break is fanned. It's, you know, as we said in the air, he's unbelievably good usually. Um, but he just looks. Uh, I, I, I don't think he's confident in his ankle. Um, and, you know, that's all. That's just just speculation in terms of I don't, I don't know what the what the situation is exactly. But he doesn't look right. 
And this is a guy who usually, when he's playing people, just looks completely superior to most of the other people on the pitch. So I, I can only only assume, as we've said, that there's something not quite right there. And if he's not quite right, they should they should just play Beal because you know Beal's a fantastic player, and you can't have someone on the pitch who's not 100% trusting himself in games like this because you're going to get found out. And also, you're risking on the risk of further injury or, or more serious injury, you know, or, or even a career-threatening injury. But you know, the intensity of these test matches now and, and knockout rugby, like that's that's a huge strain uh, for, for someone who's injured or, or maybe not a hundred percent. You need to be a hundred percent going into these games. Am I correct? Oh, oh, yeah. Just, yeah. You can't, you can't. Look. I think you saw, um, you saw, you know, the Welsh boys turned around five. Then you know, lots of people have had to do it in this tournament, but just just speaking from. Having watched that game, the Welsh boys turned around five days against Fiji and physically just looked absolutely goosed after about, you know, you know, I think even breaking through the first 20 minutes. So if you're just, you know, still feeling a bit beat up or you're carrying a bit of a knock, it's so intense at this level that it really sticks out if you're not quite, uh, not quite sort of 90, 100% physically. Um and now you can, you can't afford to carry people. So look, if they didn't have someone as good as Beal who could come in, I would say obviously play Palau. There's no issue, but they've got that luxury, so I I, I wouldn't I wouldn't carry him. And I think uh, you know, I mean, like across yeah. a lot of sports, sorry, David, just just to say, no, you know, go across ahead. a lot of sports, there's um, you know, you don't get many people who can play uh, the game when they are carrying a knock and hide it well. You know they're always going to be reluctant to to hit a ruck if they're a forward, or they're always going to be reluctant to, you know, put the hammer down or jump up in the air to catch the ball and all that sort of stuff. Nine, they've got to land on their foot. You know, McCaws, you know, in 2011, I guess is just this is the type of guy that he is and how he handles things. I mean, he was in uh, some serious pain throughout that whole tournament with his foot, and probably you know shouldn't have played, um, but wanted to, and and you couldn't really tell that he was he was any different. Um, but you know he wasn't hardly training between games, and he, he, uh, you know, you're hearing a lot of, or there's a lot of people you hear behind the scenes. You know that that guy should just not have been playing, and he should have had an operation. He should have been staying off his foot. Um, but you know he just he hit it and masked it very well. Um, and I guess it was just adrenaline that got him through. But um, you can't expect people to do that. And uh, you know if, if Falao has got the slight doubt in his mind going into a World Cup final. You don't want to put that pressure on him either. Like if Checker picks him, he's actually making that, taking that decision out of, of Falao's, um away from Falao, and he's actually making that decision himself. And he's adding, putting that additional pressure onto Falao. I mean, I, I agree with um, George. I, I would, if it was me, I'd be starting Beal. Um, the only concern I have over Beal is, you know, that kind of Quay Cooper thing where his head can drop very, very quickly if things don't go his way. Whilst he's exceptional going forward, if he's if he's having a bad day, he just implodes. Um, so yeah, it's a, it is a tough it is a tough one, all right. Well, I hear both of you, and, and for my money, I think you know if you're carrying any kind of an injury, these test matches are intense. We've already said, but against the All Blacks, the best team in the world, it, it it's, it's a major risk, and and I think I would go with George's suggestion. Um, and, and not play, you know, because if it ends up being an area that they're exposed in, it, it, it's, it's going to be very, very costly. Listen, before I come to uh, predictions on this, I, w- I want to veer off on a tangent a little bit. Um, a lot's being made of, at the moment of, of, the, of the Northern Hemisphere and, and the fact that, you know, everybody fell in the quarterfinals um, and, and the state of the Northern Hemisphere will be and how far behind we seem to be again. You know, this is, this is a stigma. From, from back in my day, um, you know, when, when it was amateur rugby before the, the, the advent of the professional game, you know, the Southern Hemisphere teams were prepared and, and conditioned much better. Um, and, and now it seems, you know, we, we caught up a little bit with, with, the, with, the, with the professional era, but the, the slippage seems to be there again. Uh, and I'm going to come to George here. What, what's your thinking on it? But, you know, when you look at Wales and Ireland, Scotland gave, at least gave a good account of themselves. Wales gave an account. Ireland basically didn't turn up for the first 30 minutes and, and paid the price for it. What, what, what do we need to do in, this, in the Northern Hemisphere to, to improve, to stand toe-to-toe with these guys in the Southern Hemisphere for your money? How long have you got, mate? <laughs> I think... Uh, well, I think we, yeah, well, we know it's not, we, we it's know it's not, not lack it's of not money. 
No, it's we know the, it's not geez. the lack of organisation through the branches or, 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 or unions, but it, it just seems to be to do with training or how the players are trained or so on. I, I just can't get my head around it. Okay, so look, I could, I could, you could, we could probably very easily talk about this for hours on end. Um, I think, I think we generally play quite negative rugby. It's fair to say. So you know. I think Wales we spoke about before the tournament under Gatlin. They like to get around the corner and bully teams physically. Their line speeds very quick up in defence, and then they try to get Warburton uh, over the ball and win turnover penalties. They kick a lot of ball and they like to compete aerially, um, and they're usually very good at that with Dan Bigger and then you know usually with Lee Halfpenny and uh, Liam Williams as well, who they obviously lost to injury, which was pretty key to um, the, the way they play. That was a massive loss in terms of being competitive in the air especially against a side like South Africa, who has a big strength for. Um, so, so Wales play negative rugby. They look to suffocate teams. They look to beat them up physically. Um, Ireland also play pretty negative rugby. You, you know, Joe Smith's Can't very clever coach. But, but what they do is, you know, they put a lot of ball up in the air and, and they try to compete aerially as well. And they either try to take it in the air or they get you down and they then try to isolate whoever's taken the ball and uh, and turn the ball over that tends to be how they get up the pitch. They're not offensively fantastic with the ball. I think they struggle to hurt teams a little bit. It's a slight personnel issue there um, in terms of the balance in the centre. I think Henshaw is a fantastic player, but they could really do an inside centre of a certain calibre and then they could shift Henshaw out to 13. Um, so look, the, the rugby that Ireland play is quite negative as well. England, I, you know, I don't even think anyone knows what they were trying to do um, or if they had any discernible style, but you, you, you can't even talk about that. But you know, any team that picks Brad Barrett at 12 is, is not trying to play particularly expansive rugby. Um, and then Scotland, you know, were probably a, a bit of a shining light in terms of the fact that um, they were willing to play a little bit wider. Um, and Mark Bennett at 13 has come well, through really well for them. And obviously Hogs are a great runner with the ball. But, but look, I think... Uh, the first thing is let's go out and try and win the game, not try and sort of uh, force the opposition into mistakes to lose it. And I think that's just a, that's just having a more positive outlook. It's playing a second receiver, either at 12 or at 15, which allows you to play much wider, um, which is why I would really consider not playing Jamie Roberts at 12. You've got to... Uh, You've got to go out and try and break these teams down, just not try and you know force them into mistakes. Uh, and I think there's just a bit of a, a bit of a lack of ambition generally. Um, and yeah, no, I think I think I think we're way, we're way too negative, way 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 too negative. Don't play wide enough. When you yeah, it's interesting um, if you if you go to what we're kind of getting told. Um, so you, you kind of you take away and what some of the feedback that is coming into the southern hemisphere is that like in New Zealand and it's been a massive um, thing that we've we've talked about for a long time about not liking but it's kind of bearing fruit now is that in the Super 15 if you want to be selected for the All Blacks you have to play Super 15 you, you're not you know you have to play for your franchise sorry you have to play in New Zealand so um, Adam Thompson I think was playing for um, for Queensland and, and he uh, wasn't allowed to play for the All Blacks um, we had a few of our key, you know, um, guys uh, like um, oh, his name escapes me now. Um, uh, Nick, he's the first five. Anyway, uh, he um, he, you know, w- when Carter was injured and we were falling like flies, and you know, we we wanted to to bring him back from the UK or, or to be able to select him when he, um, but because he wasn't playing for a New Zealand franchise in the Super 15. Uh, he he wasn't allowed to be selected, and you know, a lot of the chats coming out that there's just too many. Um, imports in the um, club rugby over in the in the UK and um, and you know a lot of those um, Argentinians play in Europe um, and that's kind of now they've been exposed to that top level rugby and it's starting to bear fruit within their national side. Um, you know the Aussies they changed their rules just at the end of or just pre World Cup so that they could recall the likes of Matt Gitto um, and and make them available for. Uh, for World Cup selection, but you know the, the criteria was basically the Gitto criteria. So you had to have played a certain amount of tests already for the uh, for the Australians. Yeah, yeah. So uh, you know there was there was him and maybe was it Drew Mitchell? I think were the only two that had actually impacted. 
Um, Mitchell's been phenomenal as well. He's yeah, he has. Fantastic he has. Everyone was talking yeah. about Gitto, but Mitchell's uh, Mitchell's been massive for them. So now he's very conveniently set at six. I think Mitchell picked up something like sixty-two caps, so it was very conveniently set at sixty. Exactly, exactly. So you know they changed to fit those two, uh, and uh, yeah, I mean uh, it's just whether now English, England, uh, well you know the home nations have to now go look. You know we want to develop rugby in this country. Um, you know it's going to be a massive mindset shift, and as you say, you know you've got to build go away from this negative rugby. Um, bringing the likes of you know Gatland over there, I you know I thought it might have changed a bit. You know Vern Cotter as well. You know you thought that um, Schmidt as well. You thought that it might have changed, but it's, I think it's just so entrenched um, that you get, you can't just change it at the international level if they're not playing that way. Um, you know for the, for their club. No, and, and, yeah. and also you know we've spoken we've spoken here. You know, every every time we we've spoken about players who are going to be involved in this World Cup, like best in the world in this position, best in the world in the position, but but there's none, of, there's no one really in the Northern Hemisphere really really standing out in the same way as you know the, the lion's share of those positions goes to to Southern Hemisphere, whether it be the box, even Argentina who have come on, uh, you know their inclusion in the championship down there. I don't know what you feel about it, Andrew. I, I I was amazed by how far on they've come. I haven't seen them in a long time. I'm really really impressed with them. Yeah, no, they are a well-drilled side now, and I think having that exposure at that top level, they don't now come into a test match and they're not overawed anymore. But you know, they you know they beat um, beat the French uh, in the last World Cup, and I think they did the World Cup before that. Um, and you know, maybe that's just because they're used to the the French way of doing things. But yeah, I, I think having the I, I, first, first of all, I think it's a fantastic idea having them in you know a side of that quality uh, in the in the Four Nations. Um, but uh, yeah, I also um, think that it's been a huge benefit for their rugby. And you know, they we, we've got out of jail against them a couple of times, and and I do feel that um, you know the, the time will come where they will turn over the All Blacks like they've done against the Wallabies and against the Springboks. No, well, the, you know, the, the opportunity is there for them. For for, for you, George, you, you know, when you look at it. The Argentinians have done so well in this tournament, and and you know whatever you base it against the likes of the French, who who were the closest thing, um, you know they, they were the closest things we had to the, the Southern Hemisphere side. What was was the French style of rugby, and the, and they've gone down the pan. The Italians aren't going anywhere. What do you make of it? Um, I I think you know the, the, the really interesting thing about the Argentinians is that they've got this real brunt up front. Um, they've always had a great scrummage, but now. Uh, They've settled Hernandez at 12, and he was always been, you know, a fantastic player. But is he a 10? Is he a 15? Is he a 12? So they play with a second receiver at 12, and when you look at the way that that allows them to structure their offensive patterns and the way they draw teams in and then play wider and retain the ball, I think they just they just spread it so much better than we do. Um, so that's the first thing is that they've got a really talented footballer playing at inside centre who can pass, kick, run, tackle. Can you say that of any of the Northern Hemisphere sides? I think no. So, well, I think, you know, maybe, would you would you maybe, agree with me? Uh, you know, you look at the side, you look at the All Blacks from one to fifteen, they're completely comfortable with ball in hand. You can't say that about any of the sides look, in the Northern I think, Hemisphere. I think forwards, I think especially the Type Five forwards in the Southern Hemisphere are better ball handlers than in the northern hemisphere but i don't i don't buy the argument gen- generally about sort of we don't have the players i think i think 100% we have the players you know i think in england and wales in ireland there are good enough talented enough sort of players who um who can execute a game plan with more ambition but i don't think they necessarily get picked and i don't think they get used in the right way so you know if People will disagree with me on this, but if Wales continue to pick Jamie Roberts, who's not a distributor, he's pretty uncomfortable when you ask him to distribute the ball. So New Zealand said to Nonu that he had to go away and be able to distribute better. Roberts can't do that. If you keep on picking him and he's not a good enough passer of the ball, then you're going to struggle to, you know, you know, offensively, you're going to struggle to uh, to stretch teams. And and England playing Barrett at twelve is not, you know, he's not a he can't pass particularly well. So you're going to have the same problem. So for me, it's a choice about who you pick. Um, and I do think we have the players to do better. So I don't think it is necessarily going to take a lot. I don't think we're a million miles off, but I do think there has to be a bit of an adjustment to the way we approach the game. 
Um, but look, we're not a million miles away, and I think there are some of the results um, evidence that. Uh, a final word on it from you, Andrew. Uh, have you anything to add on that? You know, how do you, you know, have you been surprised that the Northern Hemisphere haven't really stepped up to the mark this time? Uh, yeah, I, I'm shocked that the Irish didn't go all the way. I, you know, really picked them as a, you know, you, you know that I've, I picked them as a side that would go through, and I, I was shocked by that result against the Argentinians, just how how easy it felt or seemed, and and. Um, you know, it just seemed like it was just so reliable on Sexton. We all talked about that game as though Sexton was going to play. Uh, and, and I think we did mention that if he didn't, it could be uh, it could be tough. But just so reliant on, on one or two players being there, it could just be the whole downfall of the whole side. And, you know, I think that is a is a big change. But I think, you know, in terms of the English thing or, you know, it's, I, I, it's almost as though they need to... Just do an overhaul of of the whole the whole situation. It's kind of parallel, I guess, parallels for us with football here in New Zealand. Is you know we had to to look at you know how do we want to compete on a global scale, and we had to start from the bottom up. Um, just take away from this really negative style of rugby. Uh, sorry, football for was for us was just kind of um, the semi-legalised football, um, and and I think that might need what uh, need to happen in um, the home nations. There is, you know, you you got to it's it's not just a skill level, it's just a way of playing and um, it doesn't matter how much, you know, people talk about the English should just throw all the, you know, an open checkbook to Dave Rennie and just say, look, bring over who you want, um, you know, to take us for the next four years for the next World Cup, but it's not going to make a difference if they're not playing it at the next level down. But how do you change those mindsets that have just been ingrained? Like, we always have thought, you know, in New Zealand, we've always thought about the English have just been a a real negative style of rugby where you, you know, then the, the, the scores are sort of 9-6 or, you know, maybe one try in there if you're lucky. And, and you know, that's how it's perceived around the world. You know, um, so it's how do you actually change that entrenched mindset? Um, and, and that's what the challenge is going to be. I think it's because we've never really been able to challenge, you know, the Southern Hemisphere teams. Um, you know, really, when you look at it, there's always a fear. I think there's an inbuilt fear that, that you play the much better brand, the much more attractive brand of rugby. I always have, historically. Even you go back to the amateur days, exactly the same thing. The, the, the preparation, everything just seems to be much, much more professional. Um, you know, and you look at New Zealand, it's a small country, Andrew. But you produce monsters, monsters of players, and, and, and what's more, you develop them in a certain way. You develop them as All Blacks. And as, as I said before, they play ball 1-15, to 15, and, and it's very, very difficult, I think, for, for Northern Hemisphere mindsets to, 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 to adjust to dealing with players like that. I think that's the main problem. You know, I was taught um, when I first started playing rugby, um, and you know, now they're, they're changing it as well. Like uh, Junior level rugby now, it's called uh, Ripper Rugby, and you know, there's no kicking, I don't believe, and it's all just your running and passing skills and, and no set pieces. And um, But when I first was taught uh, playing rugby, you know, all through training, if we kick the ball, we have to go for a run around the field. Um, and, you know, we're, we're talking about a, a field that we train at that had sort of four or five rugby fields on it. You know, the, the whole thing was you do not kick the ball, you do not kick the ball. Um, and so it was all just about having confidence in your handling and running the ball and knowing when to pass and and that was you know that was drilled in from sort of 10 to 12 years old um, and you know whether that's uh, across the board or not I'm not sure but you know you, you do get you do get these guys who you know people just seem more confident I think the French game is a classic one you know you had our props doing offloads <laughs> I mean it's uh, it's just a confidence with the ball you know not not scared to make that pass um, but it is just a, you know, it's just entrenched. That's that's what you know, it's what you're taught when you're young. It's not something that you just, you know, you learn along the way. And and you know that's why I guess I'm drawing parallels between um, Northern Hemisphere rugby and and particularly New Zealand football. Um, it's so hard to change a mindset, and you have to do it from the kids' level. And it's probably not going to bear fruit properly for for years. Um, but yeah, it's. Uh, I guess the other side of it is, is uh, you know, you don't often see World Cups won by um, by a team scoring lots of tries. So, um, you know, when it comes down to it, Dan Carter's drop goal and the confidence that he showed to be able to do that on the weekend just being um, could could count for a lot. 
No, it was excellent job, Colin. They worked them into position absolutely beautifully. But listen, time has marched on us, gents, and, and, and I want to come to you uh, for your predictions for the weekend. Uh, I'll come to George first. Um, how, how do you see it going, George? If I have to, if I have to pin you the result, how close to you and how fair do you think it's going to be? God, I'd do really on the fence. Um, I, I do think that... Uh, that the Australians will have them on the ropes at points. Um, it's just whether they can get far enough ahead. Because for me, if it's you know, if it's a five sort of five to seven point game with ten minutes left, then you, you've got to think the All Blacks are gonna are gonna manage that and come through. Um, you know, as we say, it's these guys' last games, and they just have this innate belief they just don't tend to lose close games. Um, so. I honestly think the Wallabies are going to have to look to be 10 points clear by that point, which they could be. You know, I, I think they are going to turn over a lot of balls. So um, they could be, but, you know, I'll have to be, I think, I, I think you'd, you'd be, be silly to bet against the All Blacks. Um, but, but you know, it's all about how how far ahead the Australians can be. I, I think it will be very, very tight. I just think the All Blacks will probably come out on the right side of it by maybe two to three points. But, um but it will be really close. I do think they'll cause them problems. And the All Blacks will have to play a lot better than they did. If they play like they did against Africa, they'll lose 100% because the Australians are a much better side. No, I wouldn't disagree with that. But for me, I feel that New Zealand, by no more than five, I think it's that that tight. And we'll come across to Andrew. What are you thinking, mate? If I have to pin you down, what are you thinking? I don't know, but I'm nervous already, to be honest. Uh, you know, it's still a wee ways out. Um, what I like to think will happen and, and what will happen will probably be poles apart. But um, in my head, I've got 24-14 to the All Blacks. Um, I think the Aussies will score a try, and uh, you know, I think we'll score a couple, and then you know, probably uh, you know, just penalties the the difference. Uh, but uh, yeah, I guess that's that's what I I'd like to happen. I, I think it probably will be closer, as you say. It's probably be be a five-pointer and it'll be a, uh, a nail-biting last sort of ten minutes with the Aussies pressed down on our line. Um, I, I, I do just want to say I think um, having Owens as the ref is, is probably going to be good for us. Um, you know, I, I think he, he's riffed well throughout this tournament and, and I think he's uh, he's probably likely to let the game flow a bit. Um, and I think he manages the players very well. Uh, but, um, yeah, I, I, I like to think it'll be... Uh, a bit more comfortable than what it most likely will be, but I, I do think that um, that the All Blacks will uh, will win the cup. No, and, and I can't disagree with that, and I, and I hope you do, and I wish you all the best for the weekend. And no doubt we'll be back next week to have a bit of a chat about what happened and what transpired, and a little bit more about it. But we might. I'm only back if we win. I'm going to pull a Brent if we don't. <laughs> oh no! Well, no, no, he's got the, he's got a good excuse. He's travelling today. Well, before it goes, is there anything you want to plug or anything uh, far away? Uh, George, the floor is yours. Nah, mate, I, 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 absolutely nothing to plug. Um, just uh, just really looking forward to the game this weekend. You know, I think uh, as as hard as it is to say, they're definitely the two best teams in the tournament. And uh, you know, what a what a great spectacle! I think it's going to be really really close and such fine margins in these games. So uh, a real pleasure to watch, as we've said, you know, a, a pretty pretty astonishing crop of all-back players um, all sort of go out together as well. So it'd be really special. And, you know, probably I'd, I'd suspect for a lot of, you know, everyone in New Zealand very emotional to watch these guys all play together for the last time. So, uh, no, it should be fantastic. I hope so. Um, Andrew, do you have you anything you want to plug quickly? No, I just, um, yeah, I... Just want to first and foremost just say it's uh, it's been a, a bloody enjoyable um, podcast to be involved on, um, a, a great bit of chat, and you know it's going to be a, a nerve-wracking countdown to this uh, this final, and you know I, I hope we can we can uh, yeah send send our guys out on a high. I think that's what it, it comes down to for me, um, and uh, yeah, I have to take a few deep breaths. I think it's going to be yeah, it will be as George said, it's going to be an emotional final. I think I think there'll be a few tears shed either way. Just like there was in 2011, um, but he's uh, hoping it's a spectacle. I'd, you know, I'd be uh, be gutted if it was a um, you know an eight points to seven uh, uh, game like the like the last World Cup final was. 
No, I hear you. I'm sure you know the majority of rugby fans out there are are behind New Zealand as well. You know, they, 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 you know they played a brand of rugby. You can't. It's irresistible. You can't. You can't help but respect it. But listen, as I say, chance time unfortunately has marched on us, and as I say, we'll be hopefully back next week again with with a bit of a review of, of the final and the competition as a whole. But uh, it only leaves me to say goodnight to you and thank you very very much for listening. And until the next time, goodbye. I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.